It's on. Alright. <laughs> so you don't like tomatoes. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> but you like tomatoes. Okay, so what we I want we were talking about something. Um I don't remember. I wonder if they could I hope that you can be heard because the last time I could be heard but the other person oh, okay. can be heard over all the, the restaurants out. So anyway. But this is my first time in Houston. Oh my god, it's fine. No it's not, I'm lying. When was the first time I did it? The first podcast you did? And Houston was the rose colored when I was driving to the airport to pick you up. This is the first one you did with a guest. With a guest. <laughs> with my fam. Yes. I know. Um, so we were talking, last night we were talking and we were like talking about Eugene and then casually like, oh yeah, the first time you were spit on. Oh yeah, me too. It was like fourth grade. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this situation? I know. No, it's honestly really, how did we come to that topic? We were, I think we were just talking about like the difference the difference in racism like in Eugene versus like the racism in Houston and like right. things like that that's what it was and I was like well at least in like Houston I didn't get spit on you know like right. and I was like and you're, I said I got spit on in third grade that you never heard about that right I never heard about that it was it was actually me Tanika and, and Tima we were on the bike path we were just going for a bike ride I was nine Tanika but, had to be like 13 or something but I feel like I like there's some vagueness about when you said that happened I feel like was I there? Because I thought we would have been like manhunting folks down. Mm, you weren't. You weren't in uh, Morgan yet. That's what it was. I wasn't actually there. You were still in California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes more but sense. We were just biking, and this older man. He was like, he had on his little track, you know, his uh, bike suit and his fancy bike and stuff. And he came up opposite direction on the bike path, and he just stopped and like talked to Lugie, like he just happened to spit on <gasps> all of us and just biked off. Fucking kidding me. Yeah. I'm just. I, okay, so first of all, I can't even imagine some dude in his little fucked up speedos, all Mr. Bikey dude yeah. on the side with skinny ass shit. Pulling on over, three girls, little girls. Takes the time to hawk up. So what did you guys do? We didn't really say, like, we didn't do anything really. Like, we were like. Like, like disgusted, taken aback, and just like kept going. I don't even know if we really talked about it after that or like anything. I don't remember. You know, when I first got spit on, uh-huh. which this, this is the most ridiculous shit. Every time I say this, it's like this should not be so easy. Yeah. That talking Hello, to. Hello, how are you? Hey. Hey. Right on. Yeah, yeah you can just put it all down. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You're welcome. Anything else? I don't think so. You're okay. Wow, this is what we ordered. Interesting. This is a lot of fucking. This is good. You want to switch it? You want to put them? Yeah. I don't know how we can fit it. Um, okay, so what we were talking about, like, I honestly, the idea for us to be like, oh yeah, this is just, you know, when was the first time we were spit on? It's like, it's yeah, the so fact casual. that we can have a, a like full conversation. Of, oh yeah, the first time it happened to me, it was like this. So how did it happen to you? Like, yeah, it's actually gonna happen. It has happened. Yeah. It's a mutual thing girls of color in Eugene probably have experienced. Definitely, yeah. Have and that to. Means- if it happened to me and it happened to my cousins, like, I, they didn't stop it, just us. I don't think we were special to them. <laughs> like, we're just some black kids who saw it by themselves. That When I got spit on, I was in fourth grade. The first time I got spit on, I was in fourth grade. And it was in Eugene. And I was at the bus stop. Because back then, we could just ride the bus when you were that young, because it wasn't all weird. Yeah. Um, well, as I'm talking about being spit on, it wasn't all weird. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I was, uh, 
I was sitting at the bus stop and I a, a red pickup truck with dudes in the back of it. My mom is telling me this. She did spit all over. I was actually drenched. I was wet. It was dripping from my face. I had to walk home and change my clothes. And I was trying to ride the bus to my friend's house who were white and privileged and all up in it. And, I, and wouldn't come pick me up. So I was like trying to go ride my bus to go meet them. And um, so I went and changed my clothes and uh, wiped off my face and went back down to, to ride the bus. I don't remember crying. I don't remember being like, it was just like, ugh. And then, like, it's like you're disgusted and that's like it. And that's it. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't remember telling you don't anybody. Really talk to anybody about I was gonna it. say, I don't think you I told anyone. To yeah. Because it. it's like, what can telling somebody do really? Like, other than make everybody upset. Is it good? It's salty. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, very peanutty. But, um, no, it's like, I don't know if I even thought that far through as, as of like other people would be upset. I think it was more like kind of just wash it, wipe it off. Like I just wiped it off. Yeah. yeah. I just got spit on. I just wiped it off. Yeah, it was interesting because you know it's an interesting thing with college essays. You know, mm -hmm. you always kind of prey on like the things. I don't know, maybe it's just for me, but when you write a college essay, you're going to look at what was the hardest thing that ever happened to me, what was the thing I struggled with, you kind of exploit your hardships when right. you do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I wrote about that, of course, in my essay and thinking about how it was interesting that I never really felt inclined to tell anyone about it when it happened or anything like that, mm -hmm. but like the feeling that I got from it, like the understanding of the environment I was interested, like entering into exactly. was like very apparent. I had just moved from Houston, of course, you know, and like I had problems with girls who would pull on my hair because my hair was long and like stuff like that, or like I'm a little lighter, so that I had that kind of stuff, but I never like felt like I wasn't like a person or like a like meaningful, I don't know. So it, it wasn't like an objectified, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So it's weird that I like used that in my essay to kind of talk about it, but it's something that I never really thought about until I needed to use it for something. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's like the reality that we lived is our reality. But we actually, when it's coming to like... When you look back and you think about what you actually did, you're like, oh wow, that was a big... I don't know, something to deal with. It's pretty large. But the thing about it is like, at large, in that environment of being in Eugene, mm -hmm. you actually didn't think to say that this was actually something that was different yeah. than everything else. So yeah. when you're looking at a college essay, they're going, how is your life different? And you say, well, here, where I'm from, I've got, I've been spit on, and this is how I dealt with it. Uh -huh. But you never were inclined to tell someone else in the same no. environment in which you were in, like, hey, no. I just got spit on. Because it's, yeah. it's almost, it's, it's part like, of that place. It's a part of that place. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, we learn, even if not taught, that it is a part of that place. Mm -hmm. So when you have a college essay and you're outside that bubble of, uh -huh. of fear and actual, like, that we've been accustomed to and used to and grown up to, like, yeah. deal with, and it's, it's interesting, even on that idea, it's like, when we talk about we have best friends from there. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, it's, it's complicated. Because mm -hmm. remember that friend that, that you had, um, you and Quentin and everyone and, had? Yes. He ends up being like a nationalist. A Nazi, like a Nazi nationalist, like, hate group. Like leader, yeah. This so you boy, guys were like friends in middle school. No, it wasn't like I would still consider him a friend if I didn't know he had done all these things. Right. Like, like we, when I saw that on my timeline, I was like, he did what? He been doing? I was like, ain't no way. Let me look. But he admitted to all of it. Like he, he did not deny any of it. 
And you felt like, like he was a friend. Yeah, like if I saw him in what Eugene when I come back, I would have thought that everything was cool. But maybe he changed over the time I didn't see him. Because like, I honestly don't feel like he could have been like that the whole time. It's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. it's wild. Like that was Quentin's good friend. He, Quentin used to do theater with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this stuff. It's like, it's crazy. That's, all of our good friends. But that's what I'm saying. Like He was in my homeroom. Yeah, right. For years. Three years. Yeah. yeah. I, it's girl you have to like double check you're like couldn't be couldn't be yeah no I had to read and then like my friend was telling me that she saw his mom actually out somewhere and she just kind of asked like how she's dealing with everything and um his mom was saying that she didn't know she's like I had no idea like da, 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 all this stuff and so she's just trying to stay out of the light like just trying not trying to, to be in under the radar and, yeah. I know, that's right. yeah. but I thought about like when people were like why are you not moving to Texas why are you gonna move it's so racist there and I'm thinking no it's not it, when I the people here, who are racist they let you know they don't do stuff like <laughs> we, I don't we, know we actually live here in very harmonious, they're like used to black folks. Yes. The liberal, the liberal states of Eugene, uh, Oregon, Washington, they don't have any black folks to say if they actually understand. They can't they even don't see it. it. Yeah. They, they can't even see it. Mm-hmm. And so I had a friend here, you know Paris, she's been, yeah. I've known her over 20 years. Yeah. And I remember when I told her that the story that I got spit on when I was in whatever, fourth grade. I rate. No, she was like, She's never even heard anyone call her, uh, call some like boy or, or like, and, never? She, and she's 12 years older than I am. She's so she never heard no one drop no. the big in on no. nobody? No, she said that would never happen to her. And this is, she grew up in, in Houston. And then this is what she said to me. She went somewhere, I think it was Louisiana, and a white guy had told, had called the person that she was with, I think her brother, called him boy. Yeah. And it was the first time she'd ever and that's been not in that, that bad. Like, no. Yeah. And she was 40-something. So this is a black woman, and she's been married to a white man. She's been, like, twice. She's been, like, it's growing up in the south hmm. and i had mo- i have multiple racial harassment i was just gonna bring up sixth grade do you remember <laughs> when i was at rose row mm-hmm. in sixth grade for some reason i was borrowing your phone like i had broke my phone or something i was borrowing it and at track practice i had put the phone on like the little cart or whatever um and then when i came back the phone was gone right someone had stole it and then they started texting, maybe it was my phone that got stolen, because they started texting you or texting my mom saying, like, nigger this, da, da, da. You remember that? Oh, my God. That's yeah. Really that was that. in sixth grade. Yeah. Look, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because that's one of the days. Yeah, because the they stole the phone and then started texting all the family members, like, oh, you're a nigger. You don't believe. You don't deserve to live. Da, yeah. da, da, all the stuff. Yeah. Yes. And we never figured out who, had, who took never, that. Did you remember when Quentin was getting those phone calls from the basketball team? No. You don't remember that? Oh, was my God. Was I there? Oh, you weren't there. You okay. were in Hawaii. Okay, yeah. So he was getting he was getting calls from his basketball team at from South Eugene High School, and Quentin, of all people, who everyone loves, these three people were using a voice changer and called the phone and was saying, you know, we're gonna skin you, we're gonna skin you, we're hanging you alive, you don't belong, you blah blah blah, all this stuff, right? And Quentin was um, upset, but he was like ninth grade, uh-huh. right? So of course I went, you know, yeah. straight mama bear on that shit. And went to the school, and went to the principal, and went to the thing. And they did find out who it was and kicked him off the basketball team. But the thing about it is that you don't even remember that stuff. Like you have to think about it to remember. I don't even remember their names. Yeah, because it's not, it's not an incident. It's not unusual. It's a culture. Mm-hmm. 
right? And what's really interesting is that I was born there. So it's not like I'm coming from somewhere else, yeah. you know? These people, these people have not been there as long as I have been there. And for our family. Whenever people there. are like, oh, Eugene's not racist, I'm like, could you please look at the white cross that sits on the freaking hill in Eugene? That's the sundown law. Right. That's the sundown law. Black people are not allowed to be out in Eugene after this, this freaking cross is lit. Mm -hmm. You could be killed, anything. It didn't matter because it was legal if you were out at night. And you know they moved it outside of Lane County into Lynn County. Yeah, but the mm -hmm. fact that they moved it means that the it's still like they didn't the take fact it that down. they wanted to move it instead of just taking it down tells you something. Mm -hmm. Right. Just because Lane County was like, okay, there's too many black people here now. Let's maybe we get rid of this really <laughs> atrocious, terrible thing. No, no, we're not gonna get rid of it. We're just gonna move it ten feet the other way so it's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, thanks, Liverpool. Eugene, you yeah. understand us now. No, the fuck you don't. And the sundown law was like, wasn't it enacted, like, still in the 60s? Like, it's not like it was long ago since that was, like, a real thing. No, I, um, Eugene had um, had laws for black folks that couldn't move out in the 70s. That you couldn't come out of the flats in Eugene. Yeah, see? That's within my lifetime. Yeah. But speaking of I'm that... I'm 41. Yeah, speaking of that, like, this is basically made me think of Overland. And, you know, I talked to you about how basically Overland's foundation, how they seem like, well, now we are like a social justice, like hub and yeah. all this stuff. But the way that it really started was that, I don't know if it's Frederick Overland, whoever the founder of Overland is, mm -hmm. was offered money, I told you this, was offered money if he allowed like students of color, black people basically, right. to come live in his establishment and in the college. So that's how black people started being able to go to Oakland is because he needed the money to keep his town going. And so he took these people and the money. Right. But when he did that, he set up the campus. Like even today, you see, like we have North Campus. There's North Campus and South Campus. And in Oakland, it's a big thing called the divide. Like mm -hmm. it's like a topic, the divide. Right. On South Campus is all of the cultural houses. So you have like Latinx house, you have Africana house, you have all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Third world, all on that side. And then in the middle, there's a library, a little space, and you go to North Campus, which is where the gym is, and all of like all of the athletes, basically. So nothing cultural, <laughs> no Starbucks. Oh. Nothing cultural is on that side of campus at all. They, we actually, no, 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 there's French House. French House is on that side of campus. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the reason that is, is because when they first obviously brought them in, they couldn't have the black people sleeping with the white people because it was like the 18... Right. 70s or right. something mm -hmm. and so they made it so black people could only go to that side of the campus white people could only go to this side of the campus right so they had separate gyms there's a gym on the other side that's smaller and not as nice than the other side and today we have this problem because all the students of color who are really into social justice they come and they go to the south side of campus right you know that's where they live but then people like me that are people of color who care about social justice but also do athletics you're stuck in the middle I'm of stuck all in, this I'm stuck in north campus right right and it's it's really white like without it, it's being white. Without actually feeding your interest in social justice, you're stuck over one yeah, side of it only. Exactly. But it's and it's so interesting because now it kind of materializes as athletes versus OBs because all the athletes live on North Campus mm -hmm. because of the gym and everything. Right. And OBs are like supposed to be the more socially minded, like you oh. know, open. And so basically, OBs, yeah, progress. Mm -hmm. Like OBs hate athletes. Athletes talk trash about the OBs, but. Yeah, it's it's really weird, but it's just interesting because even in Oberlin, there still is to this day like some deeds where it says black people can't own this house. Like on this, like there's certain streets where black people weren't supposed to own property 
just to maintain their like central, you know, right. like yeah. So they put them on the outskirts. So is that still? You said that's still a thing now. I mean, it's it hasn't been written out, but it's obviously they but don't pay attention to it. But like, it's known. It's a it's a thing that's it's in writing still. Right, like, right. It's there. Yeah. But it's obviously they'll sell it to a black person because I don't know about that. They <laughs> will. Like, they will. Like, obviously, I don't know. I mean, girl, the I thing is, know. generally, like the people in Oberlin now are all socially minded, like progressive people. Who, yeah, yeah. But it's the founding of it. You know, it's just as crooked as anything else. You know. And the thing about like I was thinking about the founding. Of it, like you're saying, going back, I don't know why, because I moved from New Jersey, right? And so I was thinking about, like, if it was the right move, like, did I make it? And you know, from a distance, you feel like, oh, I missed this part and I missed that part. Yeah. But then you have to realize, like, what was it that was so painful for you while you were there? That you wanted to leave. That you wanted to leave and that you could leave your grandchild and you could leave your daughter and you yeah. could, like, like, you had to feel like you really had to escape yeah. out of there. And that's how I felt. Like, I felt like I had to, I had to run now or I wasn't going to get out, right? Mm-hmm. And it's people the really do get trapped there. You, you get everyone talks about the vacuum. Everyone talks about yep. the bubble and the vacuum, right? Um, and and then they talk about it being a native curse, like of being in that in, those in the valley. Yeah. yeah. So um, so it's kind of I I mean I'm a believer. You know what I'm saying? But when you're talking about the foundation of it, it's like when you lay in that level. Uh, and, the, and it was built on that hate. And it was built on that that um, that premise of of absolute separation. Yeah, like I want this money. Away. Yeah, it's like I want this money so you guys can be here. But here are the rules. Right, right. Yeah. You stay over there. I want to maintain power in this situation. Yeah, yeah. And which which is the key to saying and rearticulating. Uh-huh. We're going to maintain racism. Yeah. We're going to maintain because that you can't have racism unless you have the power yeah. element to it, right? So there it is. It's like and so that's like the foundation is laid that way. So how does it? How do people just act, feel as if it just went away? Because you're like, well, I don't believe it. Yeah. What have you done to actually work against it? Because it's, in, that's, it's in the institution. That's of part of the thing are. too. Is like Overland's like this, this place. To, yeah, it's good. It's a place for like a social hub, you know, for all this stuff. But it's like, of course it is. You had all these brown, educated people right. in this campus where they couldn't do all these other things. So they're seeing other injustices happening. Eventually, you're gonna start having other people because. You know, when it first started, it was just like a town, and so it just had kids. It wasn't like a college. Right, right. And eventually, it started doing a college, and anyone who goes to that college, knowing that there's black people there, right. they're probably more like more liberal, not as you know conservative. So right. over time, those people started gravitating there because they they like they liked that they had black people. They liked that they included women, mm-hmm. and so eventually, like all those social justice-minded people came there, mm-hmm. and then Oberlin became part of the Underground Railroad because you know had black people living there for 60 for a long time you know? mm-hmm. so it's, it's really interesting though to think about like this place that's so revered for all these things was it, it it's not as innocent as it sounds mm-hmm. the way it started when you think about how you're saying that the railroad came through and Oberlin was a safe spot if you think about the stuff not, none of that has ever happened where in Eugene no that has, that's not a thing not and a it thing. was up north just like Ohio's up north <laughs> yeah. right there's, there's not, that's not happening there. Mm-hmm. We had headquarters. The Elk Lodge was the KKK headquarters. It's not. A, it's not. And not that long ago. <laughs> Within yeah. 50 years. You know oh, what I'm saying? At Oberlin, my two years, one year before I came to Oberlin, there was someone. Because you know, the only thing about it is since we have the separated campus, right? It kind of makes 
POCs vulnerable because if anyone, like anyone from a hate group or anything, they would know exactly where to go to find all of the students of color. So you guys are all like yeah, they're all together. Literally, it's called Africana House. Like, and all the black kids live there. Yeah. It's it ain't no fucking secret. No, no. It ain't hard to figure it out. Yeah. This but, is good. No, it's really good. Yeah. But something happened where someone had wrote some like letter, like some like threatening letters and they had written like KKK on the board and like had like nooses drawn places like all over campus and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, think, While you were there? No, no. It was like two years before I got there. So it was like all over like national news and everything about like these hate crimes that are happening. But it's like, it, it never stops. Like, it's a, I don't know, it's a, it seems so vulnerable because Ohio is conservative. Right. We're in Lorain County, which is very conservative. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Trump signs, you leave the campus, Trump signs were everywhere. Right. Like, it's not, but everyone in the campus is like, oh, I love Bernie, oh, like Hillary, you know. Right. So we're like this, just this pocket of liberal, brown, like, I don't know, people that are don't match Ohio or where we actually are. Completely. Yeah. Because like Lorain County is very poor. Like, it, its history is, like, it used to be steel workers, you know? Right. And they brought in all the Puerto Rican people, oh. which, you know, let's mm-hmm. not talk about the United States uh. government, what they did to those poor Puerto Rican people when right. they brought them up there. Right. Anyway, so all the steel stuff closed down. Mm-hmm. Everybody lost their jobs. Poverty hit all over Lorain County. Right. Opioid addiction spread hard. Yeah, hit so hard. it's just like Epidemic. a bunch of very conservative, dead. Yeah. And then you have in all that environment, you have this pocket of brilliant, of Oberlin. Yeah. brilliant Oberlin students who are like top notch. Who are exactly opposite. Who are exactly opposite. Yeah. But did you always feel safe? I felt safe on campus. There was a, an, an incident. Uh, Wait, do you I know some of this? No, I'm okay right now. There's an I incident. I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, yeah, that was me. I don't know if you heard about, um, there's like the Gibson thing where two years ago, I guess, there was this guy, a black guy, and Gibsons had kind of been, had a reputation for like picking on students or like, you know, calling the cops when they don't really need to. It's a, it's a store called Gibsons. Oh, okay, a store. Okay. Yeah. And what happened was there was these two black kids. I don't know, I really don't know the details. I don't know if he stole, I don't know, whatever. But basically they were in there, the guy was like, oh, what's that under your jacket? And the kid like dipped to the back of the store, right? But the, the owner like went and like chased him, like got him and used some like jujitsu, karate, some stuff on him. Like, and he, cause he like signed, like in Ohio you can defend your store, you can like fight people, it's allowed, right? Oh. So he like got this kid and like, put him in the middle of the street and all this stuff and threw him on the ground and like everything and so it was a big big thing and basically black students were like we're just really tired of like our lives and like our time really being like I don't know it, it's it's kind of hard to explain but basically they had a good a really big history of being racist and like really looking at people who walked in the store like if you're black and you had a bag like leave your bag in the front you know like that kind of stuff I did I ever tell you that I got that I got kicked out of Winco because they said I stole something. Yes, yes. I got. A, I was in the holding tank for five hours, and they told us that I I stole a brush that they couldn't see that I had stolen at all. And then the Latino cop came and got me, and he was gonna take me out to like give me a ticket or whatever. And he and I was like, like leave. He was like sorry about this, and he just let me go after yeah. I'd been there for five. Grown ass woman. This was like I don't know five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Followed me around the store and then just told me I stole something. Held me in the back. And then told me I couldn't go back to Winco and have to pay $250 fine for something I didn't do. 
And then when I went to the court to try to fight it, the cop didn't show up because he was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Total, total no, no, derail. No. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. So, <laughs> so basically, it came down to they, he called the cops, had those three kids arrested, mm -hmm. right? And it turned out like they didn't take anything from the store, like nothing, like it didn't, it, there wasn't anything. He never left from the store with anything. He never actually left the store with any merchandise. Right, right, right. Um, and so they were like in holding and stuff. And so everyone was like, all the black community was like, F this, like don't support Gibson, like don't eat at Gibson, don't do this, don't buy from them, nothing. And right. so they like picketed it. Like like a bunch of black students just stood in front of Gibson's and was like, we don't believe like overuse of force is right, like black lives yeah, matter, all that stuff. Right. And so what happened was, since Gibson has been there since like Oberlin has started, in like a hundred years. Mm. Um, people from around Lorain County started hearing about these protests and so people like biker gangs like mm -hmm. huge biker gangs showed up in front of Gibson's like they were all had their like confederate flags and all this stuff and they were just like walking around and everyone felt like super unsafe right. so people stopped protesting and like backed off and they were saying like terrible things about like uh, this girl Deja I know this she said somebody said something about like her reproductive system or something something weird but not like that but you know it would just mean like really scary and I remember I was like I was walking somewhere and I saw like one of the biker people just like walking around Oberlin so they basically were just like intimidating them like trying like oh we don't care like we're gonna you know and so turn like, out you guys are here with our permission yeah. Get out of line, and here we are. Yeah, so then basically, Oberlin kind of took a stance, and they stopped buying, because they used to give us all our bagels, all our pastries, so Oberlin stopped buying from Gibson. Oh, nice work, Oberlin. So yeah. That kind of shit, that's, that's a big move. Yeah, Oberlin stopped buying from Gibson. Yeah. But then, Gibson threatened, because they had been there so long, they owned the whole parking lot behind the music conservatory. So they own all that stuff. They own a couple more places, and they're like, "If you're gonna do this, we're not. We're gonna take back our spots. We're not gonna have anywhere for these people to be." So basically, like strong arm them. Right. Yeah. Strong arm them because they own the land, and so yeah. See, see where it goes back to the foundation. Yeah. It goes back to the foundation. Yeah. But where it was it crazy. Start? But who like, started it? Everyone's like, there was like flyers around, like that don't support racist businesses, like the. the, the and then I think Gibson, okay, Gibson threatened to sue Oberlin as well mm -hmm. because, you know, it's their financial, like, that's how they make their money is the Oberlin students right? because it's in Oberlin, it's right there, right? and the bagels and stuff. Right. So they're saying, like, they're going to sue Oberlin for something. So what they had to back off. I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, legit, like, I don't know, like, defamation that. of their business or something like that because... As an institution, taking saying like, "Hey, we don't agree with this institution," but we racist. support our students. Yeah, it's it was very complicated. Super complicated. But yeah. I still want to applaud Oberlin for even beating that fight. Now, yeah. if they have to back up, this is why we're so comfortable with saying, "Yeah, we got spit on." It's the culture. Yeah. The foundation doesn't change. Because mm -hmm. um, then people were like, "Well, he he did run." There's always a well. Why did he run? He didn't do anything because he's fucking he's, black. And he's scared, bro. Like, hello. Yeah. You have a black kid and someone's going, what do you got, kid? You might as well say, I got a gun, I'm about to kill you, kid. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like, as if the racial tension doesn't get to us every single day. We don't, we're not inundated with the idea of, like, you're, you need to fear your life. Yeah. So when someone says, hey, what about you? This actually leads me to another situation about growing up in Eugene. Uh-huh. Both of us, like, um, where I don't actually have that inside fear. Um, the way kids who are 
black children and black folks who are cornered into being in a black scenario where there's the, the, the authority or white folks who are who are placing them there and not allowing them out the, the active oppression like oh, yeah, yeah. you know like the hood like the, the active yeah, yeah. oppression mm -hmm. where our oppression is covert yeah. you know what I'm saying um, and then we have this illusion of like equality, but when it, you know, when it comes back down to it, just like at Winco when they locked my ass up with no, with no way yeah. to get out, the illusion is that I had that a white woman would have had a choice to talk about that, and I, and I would think that because I, I grew up there and I know that I would have that opportunity, but then the reality comes in is that oh, this is when you're black, yeah. you get locked up until someone's gonna come get you, yeah. right? You don't use your phone, you don't do. It. But if it was a white woman, then that's when you could catch that reality, right? Mm -hmm. But so what I'm thinking about with um, with Oberlin and that that whole idea, like with, with with what you're saying, is that because we grew up in the Pacific Northwest with that illusion, there's a naiveness to us as if we have a power. Yeah, but we don't. But we really don't. And I don't know that if that's better or if that's dangerous. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily run if someone said, "Hey, girl," because I'd be like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But also, this kid's like a black kid from Chicago. Like, so he knows you better fucking live. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But we don't even get the uh, the affordability of our culture. We don't get to say, well, he's from Chicago, and this yeah. is what, what, what do you expect him to do? Mm -hmm. Like, you know? Or a, a, we don't get that affordability. We're just all black. But not to, not to mention, though, too, on top of them being like... I'll say I, I think that they're racist and other people are like oh no Gibson's not racist da, 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 da. I don't care they're racist um, but on top of that there was this white kid too my freshman year who he bought a whole bunch of stuff from Gibson's first off Gibson's is overpriced they go like 150% over whatever so like you can get money off, all. yeah like you can get toothpaste for $6 there. Oh, shit. yeah like it's expensive you can get right. some cheese for $7 so <laughs> So this kid, he went, and they don't give you bags or anything. So he mm -hmm. had all this random stuff, like some tweezers, some medicine, blah, 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 all this stuff. And he put all this stuff down, but he had like a tweezer or something, and he put it in his pocket. You know, you have a bunch of stuff. You're trying to get yourself together. You might put something. Mm -hmm. He puts one tweezer in his pocket. The guy's like, oh, you're trying to steal from me? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I see that tweezer in your pocket. So he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, I meant to put it. I just had a bunch of stuff. Right. And he called the police, and he had to do community service for a year. And it's on his record for stealing. Wow. Wow. This exactly. man had the money. He did not leave. He did not cash him out yet. Like, and he called the cops. And this is a white. This is a white kid. And the cops. Oh, really? Yeah. This is a white kid. So what does that equal out to? Exactly. They're just really shitty. Like. <laughs> They're just shitty fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's terrible. So. Interesting. Yeah. We didn't beat his ass and throw him across his room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is interesting. It's interesting. And I know it goes along with, um, with like, as I move here and I'm living here, and it's so funny because I'm like, I've only been here a month and I'm more comfortable mm -hmm. in kind of the, like, here we are in, where are we? What is this part called? What is this part called? It's um, not Montrose, is it? This isn't Montrose. This is, um... It's on Westheimer. I don't know where you're No, what the fuck? It's, uh, it's under the R. River Oaks. Oh. Richie. Rich Rich. I'm looking around. I see more people who are of different cultures. Uh -huh. But the majority is what? Well, all white folks. <laughs> but there's some brown people, but, but a lot of white folks. folks. Yeah. So even though we're not on the side of town where it'll be all brown folks, I'm actually more comfortable in this environment. 
yeah. where it's a mixture of people. Yeah. Then it even being all brown because like what you mentioned yeah. is a whole nother episode. <laughs> Girl, a whole nother. We can talk about it. But like when you got there and you said like you said you got kicked on because you were lighter and you weren't from here and blah 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 when you were going to, with the kids with all the all black girls. There's like a yeah. whole nother cultural shift of like we're not even all the way black because we're coming from the Pacific Northwest or from wherever the hell you came from. Yeah. You're not from here and we know it, right? Yeah. No, this is this is when I was always from here. Was it? Like I when I was in then. first grade, second grade, oh. like that time. Oh, because you had long hair. And I had long you know. hair. I don't know what was it, but I used to get teased a lot. Like what school was that? I went to a lot of different schools. I went to... Um, the worst was, I, so I went to this place, like Almeida, but that's like way out somewhere. I don't know where we were living then. Mm-hmm. I went to, I remember my teacher, Miss Houston, but I don't know, Walnut Bend, I think, mm-hmm. was one of them. So I went to a lot of different schools, but it was always pretty consistent. Oh, the whole, the, the way. Yeah. Do you think it's because of the way that you presented yourself? I think so, and it was like, I talked well, and I had been to Costa Rica, and I had been to Europe, and blah, blah, blah. You were different. So they thought I was like bougie, and need to take me down some notches, <laughs> or something like, it's something like that. Look, what's that saying? It'd be your own people. It'd be your own people. It'd, It'd be your own damn people. <laughs> but then, at least... It's fucking complicated. God damn, it's complicated. Like, okay, the thing is, though, I would honestly prefer the kids that used to pull on my hair when I was a kid, than these kids that would come up and touch my hair. Right? Like like you're like you're a, a display animal, girl. Oh my god, that shit never dies. By the way, I know you're younger, and I'm like twenty some years older than you. Uh-huh. It does not stop. What the hair? The hair. I the know. touching of the hair. The touching of the fucking hair. Yeah. It doesn't stop. And sometimes I feel bad because, like, there are people who I know that are, you know, politically savvy, like well thought like well thought through white folks but they'll still do it <laughs> it makes me so mad like they'll just touch it oh your hair is so beautiful I'm like I want to yell don't. like yeah I'm like just, just don't pet me don't yeah we're not even what, when did you when did you get to be that close that you could just get to go to somebody's body parts <laughs> just touch and start rubbing on it <laughs> I don't no, understand this is the, this is the thing at some point, you even get to the. Are you looking at that cake? What, what? No, no, no. He's doing some of the cups. <laughs> no. Um, at some point, you get to the idea. You get to that point where um, I even got where I was like, because I was around white folks so much. Like I even understand why they would do that. And then you end up yeah. being that one black girl. And like it's okay. It's okay. But and then, then you, you let it be okay for everybody. Then you fuck it up for everyone. Yeah, you don't understand. Like trying yeah. to be sympathizing because you know what. They, we, like I think I you said this it. before, we know them yeah. better than they know us. Yeah, and so we sympathize with their ignorance and be like, "That's that's okay. They don't mean they don't it know. like she that." Doesn't mean it she like doesn't like. Yeah. And then you be that one motherfucker who let. And then you you're the example that she gives other people. Well, so and so let me touch her hair. You're but just being a bitch. Of that, <laughs> let's just hop right over to other <laughs> black people that let non-black people say the freaking n-word. That makes me so mad. Like whenever I have a conversation with another black person that doesn't think that it's wrong for them to say it, like I hate it because like you the reason they out here saying it to me like like you the reason they don't get slapped yeah like come on man i hate that i hate when other black people let white people or latinas or any of them say the n-word it's so right. annoying like don't oh yeah don't say that you know what I mean? it's so funny because people they really think that they're familiar mm-hmm. they're that familiar and i was telling barbara the other day i was like 
you know, no, somewhere I was like, white folks think because you hang out with them and you tolerate them and you like, there's some things that you guys laugh about and it's funny. Now you guys are like friends and now it's okay, right? No. I'm like, you don't even, white folks don't even understand. You don't actually have black friends. Just let me let you understand this. <laughs> you don't have any. If you, I don't care how many black folks you know, uh-huh. if you have not had a full out, straight up angry and heated conversation about race. Yeah, then you're not friends. And their issues that they have every day, you guys are not friends. Yeah. You just know some black folks. Uh-huh. Gary fucking T. I'll put my money on that shit. Yeah. You have you know some black folks. They are not your homies. It's true. <laughs> if you haven't had real conversations about, about real race in their life. They're uncomfortable. And you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And everyone is like pissed about it. Yeah. You ain't got no black friends. Yeah. Trust that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. <laughs> you are just you just know some black folks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hilarious because it's like, it's that cultural divide that people don't understand. Oh yeah, no, we cook it. You know, whatever. I've known her since third grade. Yeah, she's known you since third grade too, believe me. <laughs> if she yeah. ain't talked to you about what her everyday is like, she just knows you too. Yeah. You know, that's it. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of like, you remember I was saying I wanted to talk about like white allyship? Yes. Oh Which God. we should totally stop this podcast and start another one and do it. If you want to. We could. Okay. Have a long story to tell. Do about you? Some white allyship. Uh, okay, so let's wrap up this podcast. Okay. okay. I want to go get a fork because I seriously cannot eat it. Yeah. Eat this. I feel weird because I'm eating it with my fingers. It's all up underneath my. Nails. It's really nasty. It's nasty. Look at it. Oh goddamn! I- <laughs> you motherfucker! <laughs> the fork is right here. But the whole goddamn time, yeah. I can't because I'm short. I yeah. literally can't see past the napkin. Right? It's okay. <laughs> Got you. Anna, why did it take you this long? I just want to know. <laughs> Were you laughing? You didn't at me ask. Internally? You didn't ask for a fork. You just saw me licking the plate over here, <laughs> and you thought eh, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up, and then Anyways. we can start the allyship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how. I'm trying to think of. Um, uh, oh, it sounds like Nana got to talk to um, to Anthony. She said, "I I heard his hello." <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up. Thank you, Anna Boo.